Hello, this is Grant Kirkup. I'm famous for saying Ubinaka and Ikabokum. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 156 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news, even on a Tuesday. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. You're goddamn right. I will tell you, man, we're recording Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, so a couple days early. You're hearing this on the normal day uh, on Friday morning, but... We, we can't miss a goddamn week. We can't miss a goddamn week. I have a work event all day Wednesday. Sam's leaving for Baltimore to go to Comic-Con Thursday, oh, so God. we can't do an episode. So the one night of the week we had free, instead of me spending it with my family and Sam with his, we're here together like a couple of stooges in our studio with pink blankets on, well, at least half oh, just of us. Me. Just, <laughs> just me. Just half of us. Ready to out. talk about El Camino. So we actually were like, all right, it's going to be a short week. Only four days worth of news before we record again. Like we're going to talk about El Camino and potentially the Joker if if I've seen it yet, which I haven't. So that's not going to be on the agenda. But, but there's going to be no other news. Maybe a couple stories. And, and the only thing we will mention about the Joker that as of right now it is made over 550 million worldwide. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, With a 55 million dollar budget. So and so they did good. So we were like. I wake up this morning and I look at my notes that we've compiled over the last four days and holy shit, we got a full episode, including us starting off tonight with our El Camino spoiler cast. So it's by the time you're hearing this, the film will be have been out a week. So, so make you, sure you've seen Breaking Bad, maybe yeah. a little bit of Better Call Saul. Yeah, and, and definitely El Camino. And we're going to be talking about it um, in depth like we do for our Game of Thrones recaps and all that cool stuff. Uh, we'll give you time codes. Link in the description. Um, check that out. That way, if you don't want to watch El Camino or haven't yet or don't want the spoiler kiss, you can skip over that to the normal episode because we do have a full episode after that. Uh, we'll do the trivia, then El Camino, then we're going to go to the movie section for some lengthy goodness, then TV for another pretty big meaty TV section. Sam's going to take it over for the biggest part of the show, the gaming space. I hope I can hold it down. Uh, I'll do one quick music review, two stories in the other department, no CGC spotlight this week, Sam, care to tell? No, it just I, I in the process of getting most of all my books reholdered. They still have I think maybe twelve to fifteen, and I'm I'm also bringing some books down with me to Baltimore. So I kind of didn't want to. Everything's kind of packed up nice and neat, so I didn't want to kind of open up anything. So don't worry, when I'm back, I'll pick out a good one for you. Then we'll do our picks of the week and get on out of here. So again, we got a big show. We're gonna start it off with the trivia. Five and a half for me, two for Sam in our race to eleven. Win by two. Okay. So, what actor from the Breaking Bad show was in the show when it was in the CW show Birds of Prey in 2013? And Birds of Prey that was Huntress, Black Canary, just like that we're getting the movie now. This was called Birds of Prey CW, only had one season, 13 episodes. Yeah. I know it because it's on the DC Universe app. <sighs> Not that they could point that. There's so many actors and actresses. But you say actor, does that it makes me think male. Okay. I, I, a little backstory, but I told Sam tonight his shit was on comics, his question. He did not give me the same courtesy. This was already written way before so this you was all done yesterday. So you could have told me, oh by the way, yours is on breaking bad. That that wouldn't have helped you at all. But it would have been a direction. You can't even give me male or female. 
All right, for three quarters of a point, male or female. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do have 2013. Names. No, no. 2003. 2003. Okay. 2003. I am. I have a name because he is in like everything. I'm going to go Bob Odenkirk. Incorrect. Okay. It was Aaron Paul. The one time away <laughs> for you to say Aaron, I get, I like when you say you He's give me an easy to. one, I give you an easy one. Aaron Paul, he was in it's the not pilot. Not an easy one. That's because I say Aaron Paul every That's week. I, I figured you didn't know. It. Why not go with Aaron Paul? Uh, I wanted to get it. And then your 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 answer would have been Cranston, Aaron Paul, Kristen Ritter, or Anna Gunn. So it had been two and two. So I wanted to really the, mess with uh, your the head. The female in my head was Anna Gunn, so I would have said Anna Gunn. Perfect. Just to give you a heads up. So I texted Sam and I said, Sam, as a friend, as a bro, I'm telling you that you're you're, <laughs> as you're winning. Question. You're beating five. You're beating five. I win. I'm always ahead. And then I stumble for six months and you blow past well, me. You know it's inevitable. It's going to start tonight <laughs> because I told him already his question was in comics. It's really fucking easy. Even I would have gotten this question right without choices. Okay. That's, that's how easy the pressure on that. this question is. You're gonna you're gonna say the answer before I finish the question. I hope. What year? No, I'm just kidding. Not what year. I hate what year questions. I'm over them. Katrina Falcone was once Catwoman's sidekick and helped her take on the Reaper. What was Katrina's superhero name? Katrina. Reaper. Say it again. Katrina Falcone yeah. was once Catwoman's sidekick. Catwoman at one time had a sidekick, and it and she helped her take on the Reaper, whoever that is. What was Katrina's superhero name? A la Catwoman, Batman. Catwoman had a sidekick. Yes. What was Catwoman's sidekick's name? I have no idea. Really? I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, have uh, I thought with the whole Catwoman news we're going to be talking about that it kind of would be up oh, your alley to I talk don't, a little I don't Catwoman. Even know Catwoman had a sidekick, to be honest. Yeah. Did you know? This is not for points. But I know Falcone. Did you know that Catwoman has a daughter? Who turns out to be Huntress. Her name's Helena. Yeah. Do you also know... That in, on Earth 2, it's with Batman. It's yeah, with Bruce That was like with, with 2. And then you also, she has a brother. Mm. He, but he don't make his a first appearance until Batman 69? My first question to you is going to be on what Earth was Catwoman and Bruce Wayne's baby, two. Helena. And you would have gotten that. I would have that. said 2. Uh, but this is in the main. Yeah, I don't know. This yeah, is this, in the main continuity universe. I don't remember Catwoman with a goddamn sidekick. This was an interesting fact. I fact I dug up about Catwoman. Apparently, it was only one issue because she realized that Katrina Falcone is a shitty sidekick. Yeah, well, Falcone knows all the name. All right, let me let me hear let me hear some names. Meowstick, Cat Girl, Cat Babe, Pussycat. Oh my god, that's all just bad. They're all terrible. They're names. all terrible. Yeah, and so there's the same again. They were all just ridiculous. <laughs> they're all I, I couldn't even. They're all really dumb, so it's tough. Yeah. None, none of them stand out. There is one on here that when we're done and we when you go through this, I want to see if you know where I drew the the the, yeah. the one that I made up from. A meowstick. B that one. B cat girl. C cat babe. D pussycat. I kind of want to say it's B. Well, I'm not letting you do the letter shit anymore. You just throw letters out <laughs> half the time. You will say your answer. I think it's me. What's the answer? It was after Chikalstick. Chikalstick? <laughs> meow, like a cat's noise. Is it, was it cat? I will name, I will say no. them one more time. <laughs> Meowstick, cat girl, cat I'll babe, say cat girl. Or pussy cat. Cat girl. Correct. <laughs> See, I, even, I knew I was right. 
Uh, I'll take it. 2.5, baby. Uh, I think you already had 2.5. Really? Didn't you? I don't know. No, no, no. 5.5 oh, to 2.5 now. Only three ahead. Only three more weeks till we're tied, inevitably. Uh, the it. other ones that I had were Meowstic, Cat Babe, and Pussycat. Cat Babe and Pussycat are just made yeah. up. There's no yeah, meaning. Yeah, I'll say this for Do you know what Meowstic is? A Pokemon? Yes. <laughs> I was okay. It can't be that. It sounds like a Pokemon. And the last, the last two was like ridiculous. So Pussycat, dude. That would totally be a bat villain named Pussycat. There would. I just can't see it. They have one named Penguin. Of course, I, mean, I know. I just have Pussy Cat. Hey, I learned something today. Thing. I did not know that Catwoman had a sidekick. So it's now five and a half to two and a half in our race to eleven. Got to win by two. Uh, so we'll be here. We only do yeah, one question a week. Yeah, for real. Twenty twenty <laughs> is the year of the trivia for us. Uh, before we um, go any further, when the movies, TV, whatever, we we. We need to talk El Camino. So again, this is your warning. Big spoiler cast coming Spoilers. up. Spoilers. Uh, we'll put the time codes in the description. So wherever you're listening to this episode, iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, wherever, in the little description where it says all the things we're gonna do today, I will put the time codes of this spoiler cast. Because not everybody likes Breaking Bad. Not everybody's seen it. Not everybody's seen El Camino yet. My wife hasn't. Um, so like. I don't want to, you know, ruin this film for you. So we'll put timestamps for beginning and end. This is also where our top three is going to lie this week. We're going to do our top three cameos from the film. Um, you know, we really haven't talked yet if we want to do them during the conversation or after. But we'll just kind of figure that out as we go. Yeah. But before we get into our spoiler cast, wanted to read the IGN review as we often do. And then just see, hey, do we agree with it? Da, 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 da. And then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, so let me pull it up. And I believe me and IGN actually have the same number, given the same number in review. I deleted it. From all the things that I did. I'm just going to real quick Google it. So he's going to use his mobile device and get it. Yeah, I got and it. And I, I think they nailed they nailed the review. I agree 100%. Um, where the hell are they? If you're watching, the Yankees are losing here, here the 4-1. Got it. All right. So, scrolling down. What, you mean number you guys had the same? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, gives Jesse Pinkman the swan song he deserves with a compelling two-hour story that brings us back into the high-stakes world of drugs and thrilling shootouts. Writer-director Vince Gilligan's memorable script explores Jesse's profound transformation with the use of well-placed flashbacks and cameos that don't feel forced for the sake of fan service. Aaron Paul, my boy, delivers one of the best performances of his career, which should keep Breaking Bad's well-earned reputation as a TV phenomenon alive and well for years to come. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 is correct. I will say, because we are in spoiler territory, that when you say high-stakes world of drugs and thrilling shootouts, literally one fucking gunshot, all goddamn movie, he shoots shoots two people, and there's only one scene where there's actual gunfire. What do you mean thrilling shootouts? There was one. No, don't get me wrong. Tense as shit. Yeah. Tense as shit, but come on now. Um, And then uh, writer-director... Vince Gilligan's memorable script explores Jesse's profound with the use of well-placed flashbacks. The whole fucking movie is told in flashbacks. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, Sam, overall, we, we already kind of said this is the same number you had for yeah. yours. High level, before we dive deeper, tell us your thoughts about El Camino. I think of 
I didn't. I wasn't able to rewatch the series as a lot of people did. Um, as I am currently doing. I did actually catch a few episodes. Alex is watching a couple, so it's like I watched like a few from one, a couple from three, a couple and four. So it's I got I got you know a little bit, but right before the film, they kind of hit you with like a three four minute of what happened in Breaking Bad. So everything kind of came right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, small stuff. I'm sure I, I forgot. But El Camino for me, it it gave me everything I, I believe I wanted. Obviously, after the ending of Breaking Bad, just to see Jesse get away of his crazy, just you're just so happy for him because you 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 knew what he went through. They treated him like a damn dog, and then you kind of you, you even go deeper how they f- made him feel, and mm-hmm. it kind of just it, it it's it's like Walt, you know, he he started as like this hero and he turned a villain. Kind of Jesse kind of was like flipped, kind of was the the drug dealer, the the maker, whatever. Then kind of flipped. You know, near the end, he was like, I don't want none of it. I think Jesse's most redeeming quality overall is the fact that he really values innocence of people. Yeah. Like, he felt terrible for Brock's poisoning, for Ga- uh, for Gail's yeah, oh death, my God. and for Drew Sharp, the kid that, on the motorbike in yep. season five when yep. Todd shoots Shot him. him. So he really feels for the innocent lives piece of it. Like, yeah. he doesn't want any more he's, bloodshed. He's a good guy at heart. And, he, and that's where I think that big arc... And remember, this is a character who now has his own solo flick that uh, wasn't supposed to be around past season one or two. Yeah, and just, just the chemistry him and him and Walt had that, that, that Vince is like, you know, you ain't going nowhere, plus, kid. Plus audience early reaction. Test audiences yeah. were like, he's the best character in the show. Yeah. You, can't, you can't kill him off or whatever they were going to do. Uh, plus the writer strike had a little bit to do and with that. I don't... I'll tell near the end. We talked near the ending, but I don't know if you heard. Vince had a second ending for the show. I'm sure he had billions. Like the deleted scenes or the shit that's left in the cutting room floor, is probably so fucking oh, juicy. I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll just save it to the end because I think it'll be a little bit better. But the overall, film, I liked it. The film, 122 minutes, uh, budget under six million dollars, which is insane. 94 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, we're, we're going to kind of go through the plot, but before that, I I want to just say, because uh, this may come off as contradictory if you're a longtime listener to the show. Uh, if you are, thank you. We appreciate you very, very much. If you're not, go back and listen to our thoughts about Rogue One. Um, in a similar fashion, right? Rogue One was, to me, an unnecessary flick. Mm-hmm. Because it told the story that bridged the gap between episodes three and four that previously was only in our imagination, but now is concrete. This is what happened before episode four. Like it or not, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate that there's absolute canon now. And the only downfall that I saw with this flick overall, and this isn't necessarily how I feel, but just like I can see the general consensus of folks who do feel this way, is that a lot of people, and I'm going to lump myself in there as well, were very satisfied with Jesse's ending in the show. Just driving off. Like, not happy. Just free. A free man driving off in Todd's El Camino, which, by the way, means the road. We'll kind of get into that. Um and I almost wanted to keep in my imagination what happened next. We all know he was a wanted man, but I, I didn't necessarily know or think that I needed to know like what happened. I think I was good leaving it in my mind. But I will say at a high level, for what they put onto this film, I'm very happy with what yeah. they did. I mean, I think everyone thought that, like, oh, 
Jesse got away. I think that's in everyone's mind. But when you really think about it, it's like, well, he was a wanted felon. He's malnourished. God knows where where is he going to go. Like you might not think he actually mm-hmm. looked like social skills get depleted when you're locked in a cage for a month. Yeah, like, you know what I happens. mean. So it's like just thinking logically. It's like okay, he got caught yeah. and he's in jail for the rest of his life. Yeah, for, I kinda, for killing Gail. Yeah, I kind of thought. I kind of thought um, he bolted to Mexico or he went right to Brock. And gets caught and doesn't care. Yeah. Because there's plenty of times in Breaking Bear where Jesse gives up his money and says, fuck it, I don't care. Or there was one time when Hank said, come out. And he just does. Yeah. Like there are times, like Hank shows up at his door. There are times when Jesse um, said, you know, after they split up 15 million bucks and Mike Armantrock gets killed in the show, Jesse takes his five million, gives two and a half to Kaylee and two and a half to the family of Drew Sharp. And you're like, he just doesn't care. So yeah. part of me just said, get to Brock. Get to Brock, get to Brock, and then get arrested. But now we have concrete, definitive, yes, this is what happened. And I think the reason, and it's not because I don't really love Star Wars and I love Breaking Bad as to why I'm I'm good with it. I think the reason is because out of the two-hour runtime, a lot. A lot of the movie is told through flashback. So not only does it tie up what kind of he does after but it gives us that um did you ever watch a tv show or a movie and a scene ends and it goes to another scene and you say to yourself well what happened happened? like when the camera cuts how do they say goodbye to each other or like like little things like that it gives us those little moments with mike at the lake or how you're actually supposed to use a flashback They, they use it correctly there was not it wasn't forced and i'll tell you the story for what happens in this film which obviously we're going to dive into the plot I'm so happy there wasn't this big giant twist or this big giant moment. It just happened and it ended the way it needed to. I won't say it's my favorite ending, but at least it's uh, there, I would satisfying. Say there, there was maybe one, maybe one twist where you're like, I knew it. We'll talk. Yeah. I don't know what you're referring yeah. to, so I'm excited to get to that. But let's dive in, all right? Yeah. So um, if you don't watch Breaking Bad... You can technically watch this film. There is a three-minute recap that plays before the film. It is optional. You can skip it. It is by no means mandatory. You don't even have to fast-forward. Just hit the skip button on your Netflix. It'll pop right to the film. Film opens up in a flashback with Jesse and Mike Ehrmantraut. They talk about how they're both out. At one point, Mike was out, and Jesse says to Walt, I'm out. They're actually at the lake where Walt kills Mike, Mike yeah. which was a great full circle yeah. moment, which we get a lot of in this film. Oh, the Breaking funny. Bad like fanatics like us, you're going to pick up a lot of scenes, a lot of people, a lot of cameos, a lot of like full circle things. And they're basically talking, and Jesse says, if you, Mike, could kind of go... Uh, if you could start over, where would you go? And Mike says, Alaska. Yep. It's the last frontier. Yep. Um, but then Jesse basically says, like... I, I want to make amends for my wrongdoings, and Mike says there is no such yeah, thing. there is none. Yeah, and he said a lot of people like don't get second chances. You have one, go take it. Mm-hmm. And then it was good to see that. You know, did you think like, that the whole um, Alaska Jesse Alaska was kind of a little on the nose, given where the movie ends? I, I would say no, what? just because how much he respected and just liked Mike. Like he really liked like liked him, and. I really, he looked at him like a mentor. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, maybe he was a grandpa, maybe a father. You know, not a father figure. Yeah, like his dad is alive and well. Parents are dicks. But yeah, but they, but they they have a, a weird relationship. Parents are dicks. Turn yourself in, son. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that, yeah, that was definitely like, <sighs> it's probably on dicks. TV. But 
Anyway, I just had the I just, feds with them. I just love to see them two together again. Like yeah. that was just me just cheesing like a dope. I just thought that was a little on the nose. Like there is such thing as subtle foreshadowing, and that I think Breaking Bad is brilliant at. Even to the point where in season two, that pink teddy bear that's always floating around in the pool has half of a face, and yeah. it turns out that that's exactly what happened but, with the Gus. It's that little subtle. This was kind of on the nose. Jesse, go to Alaska. Go to Alaska. But, but also, like, where else would he go though? No, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? They're not wrong, but I feel like there maybe could have been a little bit more subtle way Ain't for him that to hint Walt at that. Went? That's where Dexter went. I know, I know Dexter. <laughs> where, did, where did Walt go? Walt died in the lab. No, no, but did he? But did he went? Didn't he go to Alaska first? Didn't he go somewhere really cold? Um, he was in, yeah in the snow. I want to say it might have been Alaska. Yeah. It could have been. I can't remember. Um, Vermont, wasn't it? I forget. It was Vermont was it? Or I New Hampshire? It was whatever state is live free or die, which I which is actually the episode title number one. I think that's New Hampshire. He either goes okay. to Vermont or New Hampshire. He actually goes to the northeast okay. as opposed to the north, 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 west, 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 west. But I, I don't know. I think that the, the fourth segment is a little too subtle for a show that is so perfect with background hints and little Easter eggs and those little things. I think that just telling us go to Alaska and then like seeing his journey of how to get there was almost like a little – it was almost like a little uh, – it took a little of the surprise out of it and took a little of the I get it he we're satisfied with the way that it ended but I just would have liked a little just a little bit more subtlety not to say it was bad the, the way I looked at that there it's just like Jesse don't know yeah what did, what did Jesse know mm-hmm. like listen I'm like listen to an experienced guy who's been around the block this is a movie that was full full of tension I felt oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. felt th- this is not a horror or a comedy or a drama this is an action thriller yeah, and thriller. it's it gets you yeah. I would that, say just thriller. I yeah. wouldn't even say action. No, you're thriller. right. Not not much action. Just thriller. I would totally say it's a thriller. And that's both psychological and physical. And it started right after that flashback. It kicks into where Jesse is driving in the El Camino yeah. as cops are rolling down the other side of the road. He yeah. pulls into somebody's uh, driveway, driveway yeah. sits in the front seat with a gun ready to fire off. And I'm sitting there like... And it's only two minutes into the movie and you know that no one's going to catch him. But still... You almost, when his heart beats, yours beats a little faster. You're kind of in the car with Jesse, and I really thought that was effective. This whole film, how you felt like you were there with him. Oh, 100%. I, I, you're just, you're, we're just invested. We're still invested in Jesse. He does end up going. Uh, he gets the El Camino um, as he's driving away in it. You also have to remember that this film takes place six years. Well, it takes place as season yeah. five ends, as the show ends. But the movie was shot six years after the show ended. So you almost have to take that. Take that into a consideration when you see these characters. Like Todd is clearly forty pounds heavier, yeah. and Skinny Pete looks very beat up. Like, old. But, he, but he always did. He looks old now, and Jesse's a little bit heavier in the face, yeah, not he, so he much. Gave him a little bit he, of weight, you know that comes with age, but like. There, you have to remember that these, even the cameos... But Todd, Todd was the one that was most notable. He was definitely the most notable. Mike looked pretty much the same, unless they shot that when Breaking Mike and Walter, was same. Um, Walter looked a little different, but, like, so not noticeable. Um, you know, so so can keep that in your mind as you watch this film. This is six years after the show ended. Humans age. Like, yeah. just kind of get past that. But he ends up going to Skinny Pete's house, where Skinny Pete and Badger are playing video games in their sweet little chairs, which I appreciate. Yeah, just, just talking shit to each other. That yeah. was funny. I always liked those Skinny Pete and Badger scenes where they theorize Star Trek and come yeah, up with their own episodes same. with blueberries in the atmosphere and stuff. So he kind of got a little bit more of that, where Jesse shows up. He very, like... Like really lightly knocks on the door, very scared almost. Let's gets let in the house. 
You know, you could tell Badger and Skinny Peter timid, don't want to ask him a lot of questions about it. Badger does end up spilling, like, did you really get locked in a cage? And yeah, because everything was on the news. Yeah. And- Jesse kind of shuts the door, takes a shower, shaves his head, gets all his stuff back. You see all of his scars and all of this stuff. But when he wakes yeah, up the next morning, up, yeah, when you wake up the next morning, he gets petrified because he hears sirens. He thinks that people are after him. And again, you're, you, you felt like you were in the scene with Jesse where he... Um, it's that fight or flight, and he was that, flight, right, and he yeah. tried to jump out that window. He sure did, and it, and it was good to see Skinny Pete and Badger like not be just drug heads. Yeah. It was like really they were actually central to the plot. It's actually Skinny Pete's idea of how all these things even come into play, and I really appreciated their role in the film. Oh, they they, they turned a complete like you said they were pieces of shit in in Breaking Bad, and they were there for Jesse. They kind of picked him up. And was there for him when no one else was. Uh, Skinny Pete, they they call uh, they they need to get rid of the car first and foremost. So they call Old Joe, who's been around since Breaking Bad. He, he was a, so this is another cameo from the show returning. He runs the scrapyard where they can just get rid of things. Yep, and uh, he's an expert at ditching things. So they call him up. He makes a house call, which I appreciate. Um, and then he he comes into the back. They they whip out the El Camino. He's about to put it under the trailer hitch, but he says, "Let me check." He's scanning around. He's got like a low jack locator, and he finds one. He's like, "Fuck it, peace, I'm out." And, and his fucking yeah, the funniest was, little run you'll ever see. As he was doing it, they they basically turned on the locator, so now they know where the car is at. So basically, and he basically cops are on their way here. You better get this car. You better get the hell out. Yeah, and where what I found really effective of that scene was not only was it pretty conveniently timed. It is what it is. But I love Joe's reaction to it, and you never see him again. Yeah, gone. That's what I loved about a lot of these cameos, where they served their purpose and didn't stay around yep. too long. That's yep. what I really enjoyed about in a lot out. of the cameos in this film. Uh, he says, where are you going? He says, sorry, man, I'm out of here. So uh, Skinny Pete gives him the idea, hey, listen, let's switch. Let's make the old switcheroo. You take, I think it was either my car or Badger's car. Badger's going to take one of the cars, drive it down to the Mexican border, uh, he was going to take Skinny Pete's car, drive it to the border. Jesse takes Badger's car because no one's looking for that. Yep. And Skinny Pete keeps the El Camino in his driveway. He's going to play dumb. A really good, solid plan. Yeah. And I think the most effective part of the scene for me was when Badger leaves and they're saying goodbye. And, Skin- and Aaron Paul goes, why are you doing this? He says, you're my brother, but you're also my hero, dude. Yeah. And that to me, I was like. Yeah, you're my hero, dude. And then before they left, they both just went in their pockets and basically handed them almost two grand in cash. Uh, two, three grand? It was uh, 7200 or something like that. Was that like much? That. Yeah. Which I went, and I'm like, damn, they, they just had that much money in their pocket? That he's was the, the reason. That's the reason he's only 1800 I, I know or that. Whatever. But, um, yeah, they give him a lot. All their cash. Badger's going to give him like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Skinny Pete hits him. He's like, dude. And Badger's like, come We're on. We're not going to see him again. Like, yeah, that, if you're wondering how they got that money, it was from Walt. Walt, when he paid them off to, sh- to do the laser pointers yep. at Gretchen and Ellie. And he, it's, that's how they bought the chairs. And, and the. Uh, it's, good. it's good to see they didn't blow it all in a, in a day. Yeah, a for week. real. It's, that's tough, man. <laughs> uh, which, again, appreciate that uh, that whole scene because then they're gone. Yeah, you don't see them again. You don't see Skinny Pete and Badger again. Now it's, again, it's Jesse's film. And as Jesse's driving. In his new car, whatever it is, I think it's a Thunderbird or no, a Fiero. The Thunderbird is Skinny Pete's. You go back to another flashback where uh, Todd, 
uh, because Jesse rolls up to this abandoned apartment. You don't know whose it is, what it is. Um, you see a guy watering flowers, really tense scene of him trying to get the door open with the key. Yeah. He gets inside, puts the tape back on, just as this old kind of nosy guy is watering flowers. You get inside and you wonder whose where, apartment yeah, where is are you? this. Yeah. But then they flash it back. This is Todd's yep. apartment. Now Todd's a part of the movie. What did you kind of think where the movie's going at this point? I, I just, again, I, I still thought Todd was as, as creepy and as... You know, subtly sadistic. He's he's just a freaking nut, and just how he had had his apartment, how he kind of basically brought. The only reason he took him he took him out of the cage in this flashback was basically to help him clean up a dead body. I mean, it's it's so funny because he takes him out and goes. You know, again they he's in the apartment in the present day, so it's dilapidated and caution taped off and hasn't been lived in in a long time and totally trashed. But then they flash back to jesse in the cage and todd's like my uncle took everybody bowling or whatever so it's just us today yeah. um if you run i'm gonna have to kill you blah 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 but then he takes them somewhere and you're like where the hell is he taking them he takes them to a random apartment complex that we at this point don't know <clears throat> it's todd's no idea. and all of a sudden in a pool that used to be filled you see a top an extender to the el camino and you're like why is he putting that on there they go into Todd's apartment and he's like, you want me to help you paint? Yeah. It's a really fucked up problem. He's like, if we have time. And at that point, you're like, oh, shit. Jesse walked into the kitchen, horrified at the house cleaner laying dead. Good effects, by the way. Yeah. Very good effect. Laying dead. And now he has to help Todd dispose of the body. Um, at that point, I was like, I wonder why Todd killed her. Killed her? Yeah. He, he just, he's just a freaking nut who just, I just, I don't think wasn't all there. Well, we know why he killed he, It does eventually come out why he, why he killed her. He killed her because um, he kept all of his money in the encyclopedias in the pages and she found one of the books. So he, he killed her. No, he just, she now knows. Yeah, you, so he just No one her. can know. Yeah. yeah, you can't know. Because um, he kept praising her. That is the weird thing about Todd. Yeah. Sweet lady. What an awesome But I cleaner. shot her in the head yeah, and choked right. her out. Choked no. her out. Oh, dude, and then he puts the belt on. No, no, I was going to say, so you find out that he, he strangled her with a belt, and then they're rolling her, they're literally about to roll her up in this rug. She's and then, even rolled yeah, up once. And he goes, wait, unroll it real fast. Need that. Takes the belt around, off her neck, and then puts it on. I was like, what the fuck, this guy. Then after they roll her up, you want some soup? Yeah, and he makes bean soup. And makes soup. I was like, this fucking And God. Jesse keeps saying, no, I don't want it, no, I don't want it, yet... When they cut to the scene of them eating and talking about it, that well, Jesse's got a But he with. wasn't even eating. He was just kind of just like... Playing around with it. I think it's just Todd trying to be a good host. Todd's sadistic. He's trying to treat Jesse well. That way Jesse doesn't turn on him. And we actually see that that works uh, through a flashback yeah. a little bit later as they go to bury the body. Um, but again, Todd says in that plan, she found the money, had to kill her. Sweet lady, lovely housekeeper, blah, blah, blah. I wish I have to kill her. Feel bad. Let's take a moment of silence even. Yeah. Very weird scene because Todd is just a weird dude. Love Todd. Really good I, character. I, and I did like the, the subtle hint of, of, you know, how Breaking Bad does. It was, I have an idea, but it's going to take yep. some engineering. Yes. And that's all you get. One of my favorite shots, if not my favorite shot of the film, was the overhead of the apartment when Jesse's actually looking for the yeah. money. And he goes in every room and you see him in every room. Yeah, that was no great. Roof. I loved it. Great loved shot. It. Yep. But yeah, a really subtle hint of... It's going to take some engineering. And then they basically flash forward um, to where Jesse is like, wait, no, you know what? I think they even go out into the desert first. And barrier? Um, I mean, it doesn't matter whichever which one would talk let's first. Let's see. Yeah. Because you actually learn 
uh, through all this, he actually tells him about the nosy guy too. The nosy guy is one of those neighbors that everybody has that needs to be up in everybody's business. Uh. That's always watching, always listening, getting up into the cops, beeswax, and that'll pay forward as we go back into the present day. We might get this a little uh, chronologically confused, but we'll talk about both pieces of the present and the burial of the body. So we'll stick with the burial of the body just because we're on the housekeeper thing. Um, they go out of the desert. Of course, he makes Jesse do it. Yeah. And he puts him in the trunk with the body. Yeah, which is so messed up. So the, sad. And he's just singing his song. And I was like, Todd, you're such a fucking And asshole. then the whole the rest so of the time. So happy you died. Jesse gets put on the ground of the passenger seat. So this really was his call to make. He said, yeah. get in the back. And we all knew he was going to have to dig that hole by himself. So Jesse just digs the hole by himself. They're sitting on the hood. Todd says, go get me a cigarette. He opens up the glove compartment. And there's a gun. We know he wasn't going to shoot him because Todd lives until the end. Yeah. So we knew he wasn't going to shoot him. But there was a little part of me that said, is he going to pull the trigger and there's no bullets? No, that, that's because the way he said it, he said, go get my cigarettes in the glove box. Like, you know what's in your glove box. He you totally know if there's is. a gun there. So to me, even if he pulled the trigger, that was a test. I and think it was I, 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 You think it was loaded? 100%. Could have been. Todd wouldn't have an unloaded gun in case he needed it. I just think he, he knew. He forgot. I think he knew. No, I think he knew it was in there. I think he knew he was so in control of Jesse that Jesse would never pull the trigger because all it took for him to say Ice to get Jesse pizza? was just pizza. Hey, man, yeah. I was going to get pizza. What kind of toppings do you yeah, like? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yeah. I like pepperoni too, man. Yeah. I, you know, so that like, was so messed up. It was just it was such a Stockholm Syndrome moment. No, well, that 100%. to me is, it was my favorite. It was done. He, he was weeping and just like, oh, Jesse, you poor bastard. That whole flashback thing was my favorite part of the movie. I never felt such. I wanted to jump through the, the screen oh, and just strangle you. Todd. You hated Todd as much as you did in Break Bill. His hate was still there. It never burned out. You know what I mean? And I mean, great for the actor. Like you still had it after six years of doing it. Yeah. We still hate you. Such effective writing. Like Gilligan yeah. nailed every villain in the show, from Salamanca to to Fring to the yep. the Nazis, uh, skinheads, and Todd. Like an uncle, uncle, uncle. I can't remember uncle. I want to say June, but that's Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't remember Uncle Whatever, but uh, I, I was all really, really effectively done, yeah. and and so you know Jesse gets back in the car, they drive away, blah blah blah. Flash forward, Jesse's back in the apartment. The old man's kind of snooping around, and he says, "Oh, I know that there's money here. Let me try to find it." Checks everywhere in yeah, this he, house. He rips his apartment up, and then he finds it. Yeah, he. He's like he's basically sitting ready to give up, and bangs his head against the fridge, and hears something move. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the fridge, so then he just kind of peels back that uh, the fridge a little bit, and you know, at the lot of money falls, the ten ten grand falls out. Yeah, behind like where you'd put your condiments on the yeah. side panel, um, that's where Todd hid his money. So Jesse like takes it off, gets one thing of cash before knock knock knock, or no, I think he sees yeah, shadows. Yeah, see shadows before he hears the knock or even people just letting themselves in because who would be living there? Why would they knock? And it's two policemen at the door. Uh, what did you think of this whole exchange where Jesse hides and, and then the policemen are searching for we don't know what at this time? I was, I, this is where the tension was real. Yeah. You know, this this I thought was great. I thought that the two actors were great. And, they and were. Jesse was great. Really I, I thought they played the part brilliantly. Yeah, Jesse's hiding under a mattress, points the gun right at one of the officers. I'm not here to kill a cop. Call your partner in, blah, blah, blah. At what point did you realize that they weren't cops? Once he said lieutenant. Yeah, me too. Once he said lieutenant, he said, okay, he's not his lieutenant. They're not cops. Something's up. 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I still semi-doubted it because you never know. 
right? But then once they had to come up with how many people were outside, what would you say? Six or oh, eight? That, that, was, that was the yeah. giveaway, like the dead giveaway. I mean, and then, and then the other one was one. Holy shit! Yeah, holy. He's like, he's looking around the tie something, and he grabs like a, a fucking like a, a cord, yeah, like a fan him. or something. Yeah, he said, "Were you?" Oh, that's how Jesse found out. I remember now. Jesse found out they weren't cops because he said, "What are you not going to use handcuffs. any handcuffs?" Yeah, and he said, "Oh, you're not cops, are yeah. you?" And again, there's another point where and I'm all just it like, took oh, Jesse <laughs> all it took was a trigger pull, and there's no more Jesse. So like another way, Jesse has barely escaped death. Because he could have got shot dead in that apartment. Yep. But he said, I know where the money is. So Same. again, he bought, kind of bought himself some time. I appreciate what the guys, what the two fake cops did, the uh, the welders. I appreciate what they did. They split the money. And, and well, technically, it was the old guy came in, distracts the other guy. So it was just Jesse and like the main guy. Yeah. And he basically says, dude, you ain't going to shoot me because then you got to kill that guy, this guy, and this guy. So we're going to split this two ways. I'm going to take this money. Three, technically. Well, well he starts... Packing it too, and then after a while, he's, we're splitting it three ways. Yeah. And then he grabbed whatever, grabbed his bag, and he, you know. Yeah, and again, uh, I loved because you know I think what added the most to the scene was even during the standoff and stuff. The neighbor knocks. Yep. You need anything? Yep. I can give you whatever. The, the I got a, a I got a note from Todd with his handwriting. If you need a sample, da 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 da. So I really appreciated they added that extra layer of tension on top oh, of yeah. an already tense scene with that neighbor. Cause all it takes is that neighbor to see the gun. And he's like, calls the cops and the whole thing blows up. There were so many things in this movie and even in breaking bad alone, where if one more thing goes wrong, the whole operation's yep. blown up. I go back to a scene where Jesse and Walter hiding in the RV with Hank right outside of it. And like, Hank like looks through the bullet hole and Jesse covers it up because if he sees Walt in there, it's all done. Yep. So there are so many subtly great things about that. Um, I I think where, you know, what Jesse kind of needed to do from there. Um, well, no, let's stop there. Neil, one of the two welders, uh, the the lieutenant, yeah. if you will, he recognized them as they were walking away. And Neil said, oh, it took you this long to recognize me. They then flash back to where Jesse was being chained up and uh, somebody was doing some welding on his little apparatus. That was fucked up. Yeah, where they're basically keeping this little warehouse so he could just kind of cook his meth. But he didn't really recognize the guy until he saw the welding company. The yeah, because he had long up. hair yeah. in the flashback. So once that happened, he was like, you. But then I was like, Jesse, just go ignore it, fight it. And he just bit his tongue and drove off. I was like, good for you, Jesse. Get in, away. In that flashback, that flashback hurt to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, that was painful, him running back and forth. Yeah. That was, that was painful. Yeah. In the flashback, Jesse is being forced to test the welder's uh, capability, if you will, by running as fast as he can in the chains um, and just basically getting his ribs crushed yeah. because he's got to run as fast as he can and then gets ripped backwards by the chain that he was held from while cooking. It was just, it reminded you. Yeah, they treated him worse just, than a dog. Yeah, how fucked up those those um, Nazi skinhead guys were. Uh, he Jesse finds Saul Goodman's, um, what's his face, the, the guy who in the show can make anybody disappear, Ed, who owns a vacuum store. Uh, he's helping a customer and Jesse's just kind of waiting for it to happen. He says, I know you're the guy. You're the guy. You're I'm 96% sure. Yeah, I'm 96% sure you're the guy. Puts on 125000 on the table. Guy says, well, you know showed me last time, so this is for that. You owe me another one twenty-five. After everything, $250,000 in cash. Guy says, I'm not going to help you because you're $1,800 yeah, short. That, that, what'd, you that think of, what'd you think of that? Uh, were, were you thinking like, dude, it's 1800 bucks. Just let him fucking go? Or was this... Good, solid discipline by Ed because he knows what he has to do. I mean, I would say, it, of course, it is good, solid discipline. And but for to, to like, he knew who he was. Yeah, 
He knew the shit. I'm to be honest. I'm shocked that he didn't just say, "Okay, for eighteen hundred short, I got you." Yeah. And he just stuck to his guns and said, "No, I I want my full price." Yep, that was Robert Forrester's character who recently passed away yeah. at the age of seventy eight. So rest in peace, good sir. Um, and it was cool to see. Played. It was cool to see all the kind words of all the actors, actresses, yeah. like all over, saying, "Well, how kind, how humble he was." I think he passed away the day El Camino came. It out. was. It did. Literally, like I, I literally finished watching it. I think an hour later. Yeah. So, so I'd like, rest in I'd peace, like sir. to hope he saw the film. I think there I was hope, a premiere. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there was. I'd like to ho- hope that he was in good health enough to be at the I premiere hope. or at least get to see the film because it was the last thing he was in. Um, so after that, he's like, I got to get this 1800 bucks. Uh, he decided to try and get it from his parents. He calls his parents who were on the news earlier in the film, basically not saying come home or we yeah, love turn, you. Turn yourself in. Just turn yourself in. Dick move, parents. Dick move. Um, after you shut him out the entire series. Um, understandably, I guess. But... but, but- one thing about that, it's like even after all that, even though he said that, hey, come, you know, whatever, come, I'll be over here where we used to, you know, vacation, whatever. Both of them just grabbed their shit and they darted. No, bullshit. They did that on purpose. Dude, the FBI were with them. Was, they were working with the FBI. They, oh, yeah, that's right. Remember I know, when they I got know, their... the two trucks or cars, whatever, and there was still one parked so, out yeah. front. True. They, they were not so doing he, he that was, out of yeah, love. So he was screwed anyway. Yeah, yeah. they were doing that because they wanted him caught. So they bolted yeah. to get to him fast so the FBI could follow him. That was yeah. not out of love. Yeah. They made you think it until two until, headlights yeah. come on and follow, which was that stamped to me that I hope that these parents don't make it through this movie. Yeah. But again, that's the last yeah. you see yeah. of them. Another cameo that comes and goes. Yeah. See you later. Ed does come back a little bit later in the in the show. Now Jesse breaks into his parents' house pretty stealthily. I like what he did there with the garage. Da da da. Gets in. Uh, he goes to a safe. I thought he was going to pull out eighteen hundred bucks. Like I thought he was going for the cash and see you later. But he didn't. He pulled out two guns. What did you think at this point? I, at first, I thought like you. I thought there's okay. They should have some money in there. But when he had the little the little gun, I was like, "Oh, what are you gonna shoot cans with it?" Like the guy said, "What are you gonna shoot cans with?" Like that's literally what that thing was for. Well, that was at the that was at the welding thing. Yeah, but that was the same the old yeah, the same gun. But, the but that's what it, you know I thought of. But I was just like, "All right, you always got two guns. What are you gonna do now?" Yeah, and he goes over to the welders, which are the people that he stole the money that stole the money with him. Basically, finds them because it was on the side of their truck. Goes to their warehouse hey, with his two he, guns. When, uh, was it yellow, yellow pages? I think that's where he looked it up. He got their yeah, address. Yeah. yeah. Um, so goes to their to their warehouse with this twenty two and his little mommy pistol, and uh, he's right as he's about to go in to confront them, they come out drunk, partying because they got all this money now. They hire an escort service. So Jesse Jesse basically has to wait for these girls to do their thing and leave until he can finally confront them, which was actually a good thing because now by that time they were all coked up and drunk, yeah. and I think that was to Jesse's advantage. Oh, I mean, of course, because like my only one minor thing about it is like when they do have the shootout well we're not there yet yeah that's I, that's my only complaint but like it, once it's happened just like hope you got a plan jesse because so, there's six of them so yeah with two guns i'm like holy shit what's jesse gonna do is he even gonna fire a shot but i remember reading this review from ign it says thrilling shootout so i kind of figured we, this is where it's gonna go yeah. down um and it did i mean jesse goes in and he confronts all six guys by himself basically pulls a walt and just kind of that's what Jesse's arc was this movie. He basically yeah. kind of you turns into Walt, uh, and he kind of goes in and says, "You know what? I'm outnumbered, but I'm here to pick up my money." And blah blah blah. The same welder that said, um, "I'm so you know it sucks took you this long to recognize me." Blah blah blah. Instead of saying, "Here's eighteen hundred bucks," or "Go fuck off," he says, "How about a duel?" Yeah. A Western style draw duel, just like that in the middle of the room. No big deal. Someone's gonna die, and. Uh, but- 
I uh, knew you said how, there was one little thing. What is this? Well, no, no. I you? knew the first guy was dead before anything. I knew he was going to shoot him with the the little gun. The gun in his, in his pocket. One hundred percent knew that was my other thing. Was when the other guy was to shoot. Use two people are seven feet from each other. And you missed about a monkey throwing times. darts can hit somebody. That was my only minor complaint. Of that they could have probably done something that would have been a little bit better. Yeah, if but he, if it was Jesse it was okay. I almost would have believed it more if Jesse would have pinged him in the head first shot. As opposed yeah, you to ping that guy in the shot. first shot. I mean, come on, yeah. you both are missing. So I was just like, all right, uh, yeah. but I let, I let it slide. That's a good point. A little tiny gun in a pocket, perfect hit four times through the head, perfect aim, twenty-two pistol, seven shots before you even hit the guy. So you guys both emptied the clip, and yeah, and Jesse didn't even get hit. So no. I was like, all right, that was my that was my minor complaint. So that's what I expected. Okay, in this little shootout with Casey, I expected Jesse to get hit, much like and- Walt. And bleed out over the rest of the movie and die. And I did not think Jesse was going to be living through this movie. And and my other thing was the last three guys. I maybe they were all coked out or whatever. They were scared, well, they but guns. they were so close to him. They could have ganged up on him. They could they, have just drove them against the wall. That, yeah, that, that, they would have rest, my, my minor risked them getting shot. There. It was yeah. just they handed him when he hands the one guy ID, slap it in the. But again, it, there's a gun. Guy, two guys just died. Trauma. Okay, the I'll one guy he said like I got kids. Whatever. Yeah. Like they don't uh, want to risk. I don't it. give I a get fuck. It. But I'm, I, he's like, you think I give a fuck about your kids? Uh, I, I I appreciate again where it came from, yeah. but I, I also see the flaw there. I just I, I, I swore Jesse was going to die in this movie. I really really thought because he was completing his like turning into Walt arc. So I was now like, he's I'll say end just like his Walt. other is one ending that Vince had early that the end of the film he he sacrificed himself to save somebody who's innocent or. Does something for someone and he's sacrificed and he dies. Mm-hmm. But he said his girlfriend didn't like that idea. And he goes, everyone would kill you if you did that. And I would agree. I think people, I think a lot of people would be pissed. Yeah. We, we also find out through like through this point of the film, through like radio stories and television stories, that A, Lydia did die or is dying from the ricin. Yeah. She was hospitalized, not expected to live. So yeah. she dies <laughs> in the ricin. My whole thing was... I guess, like, what purpose would it serve? Because Walt's dead, Jesse's presumed a wanted man already, and Mike's dead. But she could have just told him everything at that point because she was going to die. Maybe she didn't know she was going to die, and maybe by then it was too late, so she didn't want to tell anybody just in case. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to ruin her reputation for her daughter. Who knows? But you also find out through a radio broadcast that Walt does, in fact, die. Yep. And once he said Walter White was found dead, I was like, okay. They finally cemented it that he is dead. And I was like, okay, I'm happy. Which I appreciate that they had the balls to, like, to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think, I think they had to. Yeah, so it's at this I can't, point. I don't think you make a whole fucking Breaking Bad movie. You don't mention Walter White's dead. So th- at this point, they flash back to a hotel where... Uh, Jesse comes out of one room, and who comes out of the other? Yeah, Jesse knocks but on the Walter White. Yeah, Jesse knocks, and Walter White comes out, and I, I smiled from ear to ear, and I said, "This movie is is everything I wanted." Yeah, uh, we, you wanted Walt real bad in the flashback, so you got it. They had breakfast at a, the diner um, after a big cook. They said they're going to make a million bucks, so this was very early on in the show, probably around season two ish, maybe uh, season like late season one, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I thought this was the weakest part of the movie. See, I, I disagree. I didn't think it was necessary at all. It didn't do anything to follow anything. I love Walt's line where he said, I had to wait my whole life to do something great, and I'm jealous of you that you already did that. I know. I, I just, the, the way that he was talking, and it, it just, it, it hit for me. Mm-hmm. I guess whatever, wherever he was, he was unhappy, he was being a chemistry teacher or whatever, and just, and, and just said, you know, you got to go to college. And then 
he had a quick memory slip just from the chemo and stuff. Oh, I, I you graduated from my high school. I, I, I forgot. I liked that they, they threw that in there. He coughed again. He was coughing. He's, he's coughing and said, you know, go, go to college. He said, what do you want to do? I want to be in sports medicine. He's like, huh. I don't know. I, I I just love the interaction. I just I, I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought that was the I thought that was the little shoehorned. I thought they put it in there because it would have been a great fan service moment. It it didn't. The only reason why I, I mean, listen, it's fucking Brian Cranston playing my favorite character ever. Of course, I loved seeing yeah. Walt back on screen. Of course, I thought their conversation had a little bit of merit. But I also just don't see the longevity, the point of it outside of you get to see Walt again, and there was a cool line. I, I don't know. I thought every other cameo served its purpose to move the plot forward. And I didn't think this moved the plot forward because Jesse was already trying to escape. He's now got his money. He now can go to Ed and, and disappear. So what did this flashback serve outside of seeing just, Walt just, one last time? Just, just think it back. I mean, Christ, with help. But Walt, what did you, it do to advance the story? Like, What did Jesse what do you learn mean from advance? it? You're, you're, this guy's on the run. You're, you're thinking of so much shit. I mean, what got you at all this shit? Walt. Okay, but that's not my point. I, I'm trying to ask like... Every cameo had a point. His parents' cameo, he got guns. The cameo with the welders, he got his money. Badger, he got a car. Joe, I, I, he I, needed I, a plan. I forget when. What did Walt? I, I forget what advance. happened. In the scene before Walt. What was the scene before? There's something happened where he, he was in his hotel doing something. I remember he was talking, and he said something. I forget it, but I don't, for me, the, the scene worked. I did not have a problem with it. It's it's it was great to see Walt again. Don't get me wrong, but it to me like. Jesse didn't learn anything from it. He, there was nothing that came back to it. Because we're very, very, very close to the end of the movie. We have like five minutes left at this point. Yeah, you don't save until last. And, and like so like at this point, he just gets in Ed's U-Haul and then just goes to Alaska. I mean like it didn't do – I look back and I'm like Jesse learned a lot. Jesse did a lot. But when that interaction was done with Walt, I felt it was just more, okay, now I'm happy. You're happy. We're all happy because we saw him again. Like what did it do for the plot besides it was a kick-ass thing, but what did it do? So that was my my only little gripe was like I felt that was a little shoehorn. So my biggest two things were the the subtlety of the Alaska thing and the kind of shoehorning Walton. I you know I'm I'm I see your point as well as it did have some really cool lines to think back on as you kind of reminisce about the show and how just amazing the show was. But he does get into his U-Haul. He takes him to Haynes, Alaska. Gives him a brand new identity. Jesse gives him a card. You do see who the card is yeah. to. But did you guess it before you saw it? Brock? Who else was he going to write? It had to be to Brock. Who was he going to write to? There are a couple people that come to my mind. Um, because you're not going to write a thank you. Show, you're not going to write a thank you letter to Badger. To That's stupid. No, so no, you're not nope. going to write them. Nope. There was a couple people. So Brock's it's, the logical it's answer. It's not your parents. No. Drew Sharp's family because the money never went to him. Walt takes the suitcase. But he but back. he doesn't know that. Yes, he does. Walt takes it with him. They take the money right in the show. They, it's in season five when Walt goes to Saul and says, "Give this to to Kaylee Armentrout and this to Drew Sharp's family." Yeah. Saul calls Walt before he does it, and Walt comes, takes the money, and, and goes take, back with Jesse. And, and, and oh, that's right. To Jesse. Forces. Okay. So he never. Drew Sharp's family never got the money. Haley uh, Armentrout never got the money. Third time, she gets fucked over on all this money. So you, it could have been to them, but Brock was the logical yeah, choice. Yeah, it had to be Brock. Are you happy that you never saw Brock? At, I mean, get, don't get me wrong. Six years later, the guy's a fucking yeah, teenager. Yeah. He, but are you could, happy you never saw yeah. his reaction? Yeah, just or just like, like him and not seeing Walt Jr., Skyler, do you, the other chick. 
I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad none of them showed. Do you do you wish you were able to see what the, the note said? No, not at all. I don't. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't care one word. Yeah. about it. I do too. I'm I'm happy with that too. That they let us. It's a, just give me that. I, I think that, that's meaningful enough. It's the yeah. He wrote it to Brock, and I. It's now we forever get to wonder. I wonder what it said. No, we'll I wonder if know. Brock will ever get that because he probably is in child protective services now. He's probably gone. Yeah, there's the so really good like, chance huh, of that. He might not even be in that house anymore, so he may never even get that. Note. Really good writing in this scene is Ed said, "I'll mail it from Mexico City in a month when I'm there." Yeah, and I was like, "Why?" And I thought about it. I was like, "Oh, that's where Badger took his car, so the cops think yeah. he's there." Really solid yeah. way to go full circle on that. He gives them the keys to a car, quizzes on who he is, and says, "All right, kid, you're on your way. You're on your way." He drives away. Quick flashback to Jane. Yep. Jane says, fuck my philosophy of destiny. You got to make your own. Yeah, of, of letting it. destiny choose what you want to be. He yep. said, you choose your own decisions. You choose your destiny. And I was like, beautiful. And then it ends with him driving down a road, yep. a.k.a. El Camino, yep. in Alaska to restart his life, presumably to meet up with Dexter yeah. and become Lumberjacks. Um, what do you think of the ending? It's going to be the crossover event of the year. Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was a, a touching end for, for Jesse. I'm so glad he got away. He was just through so much shit. He, I think he deserves this little bit of peace. I mean, yeah, he done some fucked up shit, but I think after all the suffering, all the sacrificing, he deserves it. I'm just like, man, did I ever think that this guy was not living. And and I and I watched all the credits just in case Vince threw something at me and, and he didn't. Yeah, uh, I did the old, like... Five second just, forward. I, thing. I, so I just slowly did it because I was, I was just like, man, I, I, I just take it in. Like I really like that. I really love that film. Overall, now that we've kind of talked about it again, I didn't think he was going to live. I'm happy that he did. I love the movie. You love the movie. Um, I ask because of my thoughts and kind of your thoughts about Rogue One. Was this film necessary? Did you need it to know? Or are you just happy that it's there? I mean, it's a true. I, it's a it's a big question. Though. I would probably say probably a bit of both. Oh, that was just stupid ball playing. Sorry, just watching idiots play baseball. No, but I I think it's a bit of both. Like I said, um, you know, it's do we need it? Maybe maybe not. I but again, it's I think Vince had so many people on it. Netflix probably just threw some money at him and said, hey, look at all these people binging our show, binging your show. For a sub six million dollar budget, this movie's already made gangbusters. Oh, dude, it's I won't be surprised to break some kind of Netflix record. I I, I, I couldn't I can't recommend this enough. I'm sorry, I'm just watching these two idiots just get scared of each other trying to catch a, a baseball. Embarrassing. The Nationals are about to go to the World Series, so it is what it is. Um, I I just I loved I love being back in the universe again. Yeah, man. Same. Is my favorite show of all time, yeah. ever, no matter what, is my favorite it's, show. It's definitely one of the best shows from beginning to end. To it end. ended on Vince's. <laughs> it ended on Vince's call. I want five. Um, it ended, you know, the way he wanted it to end. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't canceled, by yep. a cancellation. Yep. He wrote this movie. Some people are conspiracy theorists or just negative Nancy's and saying, oh, he did it as a cash grab. You didn't actually have this done. You know what? Even if that's possible, he actually did a really good job with it. Yeah. Some people out there are saying it was a completely unnecessary movie. And yes, I said that about Rogue One. So it does sound contrarian when I say this movie kind of was necessary to me. Um, I think it was more necessary because I wanted to... I'm like the kind of guy who always wants to know what happens when a scene ends and the camera cuts. Like what happened next. So for me, the flashbacks of this movie were the star, not the present day. Because again, the present day lasted overall could have been a twenty minute film. Yeah. Because of okay, go to the apartment, go to your parents, go to shoot people, go. Yeah. Bye bye. 
to me, it was the Todd flashback that really sunk it home. But it was all the yeah. flashbacks in the film that made this so effective. Yep. One of my favorite movies of the year. I I, I think it, it's probably number two in my list right now. Ooh, John Wick three or Joker? Probably Joker. And then John Wick three is probably your third. So that's really good. I'll take no, that list. No, real, real fast? Yeah, that probably is. Yeah, I'll take that list. Um, El Camino is going to, at this time, I haven't seen Joker yet, is on my top three. Uh, it's fighting up there with another film that Sam hates that I loved, but that's okay. Yeah. So, but we'll jump in with our top three. That's correct. So it was our top three characters that... Cameos. Cameos that that, that stood out the, the most for us. My number three, I went with Jane. My number three. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it. T- two, I went with Mike, love Mike, and one, I went Walt. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I don't have any of those three. Uh, completely over all of them. Mike was necessary because it opened the film. I already told you my thoughts on the Walt one, and Jane to me is like whatever you needed to throw her in there because she was Jesse's motivation for so long. But he was already on the road to Alaska by the time we saw the flashback, so it was like okay, he was going there regardless because Mike. But okay, uh, mine are stupid. Go figure. That's what I I'm do. I'm not surprised your favorite movies are dumb. But uh, continue. My number three was Joe. Um, he was central to the plot. If he's able to just take the El Camino and smash it, who knows what happens to that film. But because he did his funny-ass little run back to the truck and said, can't help you, it basically forged the whole rest of the movie. Okay. So without Joe, we don't get a lot of that. Number two, Ed, Robert Forrester. Mm-hmm. Amazing yeah. performance. I was, it was tough to keep him off. Uh, very, very like... I didn't want to... Just because he died, I didn't want to have him on the list. When so he called the cops... Was great, and Jesse's like, "You didn't call him." He gives this great reason as to yeah. why he doesn't call the cops. Then a police officer shows up at the door, and he goes, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. And he tries yeah, to he run out the it. back. Yeah, but good. Ed doesn't rat him. Nope. He says he he ran that way north, six foot five guy. Yep. So he, he the stayed exact true. Opposite of what Jesse is. <laughs> yeah, stayed true to his character. And my number one is arguably one of my favorite villains in the entire show is Todd. Todd. Yeah, fuck um, that piece of shit. He is such a piece of shit. Can't and even and list. even old fat Todd. Cameo- cameoing as young was, <laughs> skinny Todd, he was still yeah, a great guy. Yeah, character. he was. He was good. He nailed it. Yeah, so that that's our top three. Six different answers for you. That just shows you how many cameos, and they weren't all the cameos. No, the parents, more. the welders, Badger, Skinny Pete, so many other characters in this film from the Breaking Bad universe. You gotta check it out as we transition into the movie section, only an hour into the show. Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot, got a review I think it looks stupid as shit. You said it looks kind of good. Yeah, You're willing to I, see it. I thought it. the trailer looked like the best James, best movie Kevin Smith probably ever made. Wow, that's that's tall order with Clerks and yeah. Dogma and Mallrats. Yeah. Mallrats is probably my favorite. But though its meta-heavy plot gets tiresome after a while, Jay and Silent Bob reboot is a successful return to form for Kevin Smith. Although it's a bit rough around the edges, all involved clearly came to have fun and that infectious energy is palpable for the entire runtime. It may be his raunchiest film in years, but it's also his most emotionally intelligent. Reboot and Smith himself encourage a respect for the past, but never at the expense of keeping a weather eye on the horizon, which makes whatever ends up coming next for the writer-director all the more intriguing. Nooch. 7-5. Seven, 7. That's all. I think that's all you, you need for that. I mean, if this movie was a 5... It would do well. Yeah. The fact that it's reviewing well, this movie is now just going to be one of his more successful things in, in decades. Yeah, and I'm sure he kept it probably to like a $10 million budget. He's also, I, I said it last week or the week before that, my only issue with Kevin Smith films is like, dick and fart jokes only go so far with me anymore. Yeah. I've heard them all. So like, what are you going to keep saying, nooch, nooch? And like, oh, I'm living in the past. Or we're going to get the blunt man and chronic thing or another fucking song. Like, 
how much more Kevin Smith shit can I handle? Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, I respect the man's work because I do love the Clerks series. We're getting Clerks 3, which I am excited for. So all in all, good things, good things, Mazel Mazel. Uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, also gets the review treatment. Again, all of our reviews per IGN, we just read them. Uh, and unless we've seen the film, then we talk about it much like El Camino. Like its predecessor, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil is... If Evil is an ambitious fantasy epic that sometimes loses its way when it comes to pacing and tight storytelling. Unlike the first film, though, this sequel fa- uh, flies outside the constraints of a classic fairy tale that it's based on. Impressive visuals and a very watchable cast, that's a compliment, make this a fun popcorn fantasy flick that's at its best when it leans into the genre's roots and aims to create a truly fantastical fairy tale world. 8-0. 7-0. Basically, it's like... It's good. I still never saw the first one. I heard good things. I heard it sucked. You don't know wanna you don't, well, you wanna know why? Because I saw it. It blew. Bruh. It blew chunks. Holy shit. I couldn't even look at Jolie as a form of entertainment because she had damn horns. Yeah. Yeah. Painted white. It was terrible. Uh pretty shitty movie. But again, I'm happy that they made a sequel. And if it's a little better, good because you know Disney rules the world. Uh but we go away from disney into the sony realm and we talk venom there's a couple different venom stories going on this week and venom's director ruben fleischer and tom hardy as a matter of fact came out and said that they believe sony is quote building toward unquote a venom spidey crossover that is not too di- i'm sorry that's not in the too distant future i mean i think we we both yes. like to think they've been building this is, for this for years this now. is less news than the inevitable it's just is it going to happen in two or three Three, based off of this next story that says Deadline, and they are a reputable source, reports that Shriek is going to be an additional villain outside of Carnage in, Ve- in Venom Two, which tells me that Spidey is at least Venom Three, maybe. Yeah, I-, I think that's good to add another little small little villain, not no crazy huge villain, but just some a little bit extra. I does, like it. Does it take away from Carnage? It, it, it all, I guess it all depends how they introduce how he breaks out of prison. Does Shriek help him break out of prison? Maybe Shriek's the villain for the first half hour. And then Carnage breaks out because Shriek goes in. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe Shriek breaks breaks Carnage out or something like that. Then they do some crazy shit. I could see Shriek being like the little villain until... If Venom stops Shriek or something, then Carnage gets away. Early. And then Carnage kind of becomes the main villain later in the film. This cannot be a Spider-Man 3 thing where you have all these villains happen at once. Venom, Sandman. They need to figure out a game plan before... Unless they're doing a strictly a Sinister 6 movie, then it's a different story. Then it's you're focusing on 6 Because we know we're getting into at that point this is venom 2 and by the way venom very much like breaking bad is the anti-hero the antithesis of a normal hero but you still kind of root for him anyway um uh, any are there any changes to the venom character the venom cg or tom hardy as eddie brock that you would kind of think about for the second i would i would definitely touch touch up cgi make that look a little bit better venom looked like it was always wet yeah, just Looked very t- silky. touch him up a little bit. Tom Hardy's going to be Tom Hardy. Um, I would just say do some more inner dialogue because that was a, kind of like my favorite part. Yeah, when Venom, even though it's Tom Hardy's voice anyway, but just them two, but they're back and forth. I really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige has been named the Chief Creative Officer of Marvel, and if you're wondering to yourself, isn't he kind of already? The caveat here is now Kevin Feige is not only in control of the films. Not only in control of now all the television stuff, he's also in charge of the creative direction for the comics. Yeah, he's he's the grandmaster. 
He's the Grandmaster. If they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, he'd be the Dungeon Master. Yeah, he 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 rules all of Marvel right now. I mean, hey, I I have complete faith in him because everything he touches seem to seem to be gold. So except for Captain Marvel, that was just yeah. a very mediocre film. Yeah, and I, Black Panther, very mediocre. Yeah, I just I just thought Black Panther was good. You yeah. know, I would still I would still consider it's like, like a six. Like Ant Man and and, and yeah, Captain I, America toward they're like my bottom tier yeah. too. I like those. Oh, two and films. Iron Man three. That's that's definitely bottom yeah. of the barrel. Was Feige like Feige back when Iron Man three and all them came out? Was he still in that same prominent I, role? I, I believe he was through the whole way. I just think, hey, we all have a slip up. You know what I mean? Well, if I mean, this, hey, Rotten Tomatoes. If these gave films him, like, didn't have the Marvel logo, they'd be a lot I, more critically but, panned. But then again, Iron Man three, yeah, it it. it for me, it wasn't great. Ron Tomatoes still gave it like seventy eight percent. I think it made over a billion dollars. So, did. and some people love it. And so, in Marvel's eyes, it's a, that's a hit. Of course, so. anything that begins with a B is going to be a yeah. hit for Marvel. And again, I, I again, I liked Black Panther. I didn't love it. I thought it was very average. I liked Ant Man. I actually don't think it holds. I didn't love Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. In fact, I thought that was actually a worse film than the original. But again, everybody's got their opinions, and uh, there's no two peas in the same pot here, buddy. Uh, another thing that always tracks well at Netflix, we talked about how much money El Camino could potentially make for the service. Uh, any Adam Sandler film tends to do gangbusters, even though every movie blows chunks. They still continue to get tons of viewers. They yeah. break all sorts of records. His latest film, Murder Mystery, which we talked about a little bit, is getting a so, sequel. I'll, I'll, I'll be saying it because I, I thought the first one was really funny. I, it's Aniston and Sandler, yeah? Yeah. Again, they, they have good chemistry, them too, and their jokes hit, and it's, hey, if. Sandler's got a formula. The fact that you said an Adam Sandler joke hits in 2019—that's what I'm saying. Makes me question. But you watched his stand-up, right? His, his new stand-up special it sucked. I, see, I loved it. Oh, you're I thought the, it was. You're, like you're the, the only person oh. I've heard. Wow. And she is the Adam you Sandler. You two now. are meant for each she other. She was like, I, I gotta watch it. You two legit are the only, every every single person I've talked to I loved it. That was the best thing ever. Trash. Wow. I thought it was trash. That Chris Farley thing, I cried at the end. That was the only good part. Rob Schneider coming down, I was cracking up. That was, was good. But that's okay. Again, I mean, Adam Sandler just doesn't hit for me. I think Adam Sandler's best work was his goddamn cameo in, in uh, Undeclared. So it is what it is. I, I, I am a golden age Adam Sandler, happy Gilmore, Billy Madison yeah, guy. Waterboy. Once Waterboy, man. One, uh, I even, I love Big Daddy. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds is like where my cutoff is. Anything after that, like Eight Crazy Nights. Never saw it. 51st Dates, I actually I like Sean Astin. I kind of enjoy 51st Dates, I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, that's kind of like my cutoff, I guess, is 51st Dates. The whole, like, what was that movie, Jack and Jill? Yeah, it sucked, what a but fucking Al Pacino, yeah, no, that sucked. that sucked. Uh, all right, Zombieland Double Taps, initial impressions on Twitter are out. How much have you... Not one word. Um, everybody is giving it positive reviews. Good, Jesse yeah. Eisberg needs it after his embarrassment as Lex Luthor. He uh, needs it. Um, basically, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. Yeah, which, which I, I expected. But does that mean that's a good thing? Like... That first movie was a decade ago, number one. Number two, it's a zombie movie. So even 10 years later, the zombie genre is totally, totally dried up. Um, Will this movie do enough to separate itself from the first one and to drive it forward? All depends on the characters. Another two-hour Twinkie zombie. Nah, it's it's thing. more than that. You see Luke Wilson. There's there's some. I really hope that yeah. this movie does something to drive that franchise forward because if Zombieland is going to live on into the triple and quadruple three four, I, I really hope there's a point to it. Yeah. Um. There we had two trailers and I meant to watch both of them. Didn't watch either one of them. Jungle Cruise and Doolittle. I saw them both. Uh, Jungle Cruise. I mean, I, I, 
The Rock and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Originally, I was like, fuck this piece of shit. And then after I saw it, I was like, you know what? This actually looks like a nice little fun adventure. Disney movie. Yeah, yeah it looked like a little fun adventure. It, it reminds me of, like, kids Jumanji. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm in for it. And, and, and Dr. Doolittle, it was down. He's Just got Doolittle. This, oh, Doolittle. Sorry. He, he's got this little accent how he talks. So it took me a second to kind of get used to hearing Downey talk like that. But I was just like, oh, it's like a weird version of Sherlock Holmes that he got hit with over the head with something in an accent after. Now, we know that Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle is a reboot of an original. But were you getting shades of Eddie Murphy's Doolittle for this one? Or are you completely able to separate Yeah, I think he's on his own. Maybe enough time has passed. Because they made a bunch of Dr. Doolittle movies. I think there was two. Two or three. I think there was two. Um, Maybe they could have used maybe a little bit more time. But they're kind of going like worldwide with this movie rather than kind of keep it small low budget this is like bam they probably well, dropped a Disney, 100 is it disney might be i think they dropped like 150 on the budget Wait, when minimum. you get downy you're going all out and so, once you make the choice to cast robert downy in this yeah, stage sorry, of his career post a, iron man this, this is his a, first big role post iron man yeah it was it was an expensive movie uh let's see now we have this is cool this sounds really really cool as a matter of fact uh never surrender a galaxy quest documentary has been announced. We all know this is the 20th anniversary of Galaxy Quest. It will hit theaters for one night only in November, surrounded by like some games and trivia and a showing of the original film. And you might ask yourself, A, what's Galaxy Quest? B, why is Galaxy Quest getting a documentary? Galaxy Quest was a movie, in my opinion, that was way ahead of its time. Yep. I loved it. It starred one of my favorite of all time, Tim Allen. It starred Alan Rickman. Yes, sir. Who, rest in peace. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Justin Weaver. Justin Long. Justin Long was in it. His Holy very first shit. film. His very first film. My God, I forgot about that. Yeah. And it's a movie where Tim Allen goes to space. A lot of other things happen. But holy shit. Oh, who, uh, what's his name's in it? Uh, good character actor. He was in Iron Man 2. I see his face, but I can't think of his real the name. The main villain? He was um, Iron Hammer. The Iron. Uh, fuck. God damn it. Mickey Rourke? No, no. You continue. I'm pissed. I can't think of it. Jeff Bridges? Mm-mm. I can't think. While you're looking that up, this was a really good film. Again, like I said, way ahead of its time. It's got a cult following to this day. It's still really popular. I love it. I know, Sam, you've talked a really high praise about it, too, in the past. Uh, this is a movie that you love kind of growing up. I'm right there with you. Gal- Sam Rockwell. Sorry. God damn it. I was fucking... I had a brain hemorrhage. So really good flick. Can't wait to see the documentary as it documents the making yeah. of the film, its turn to cult status, and uh, you know some trials and tribulations. I don't know if I'll hit the day one on in theaters, but I will watch this one day. Uh, there was a potential leak. Uh, we don't know if it's real or not. There were two blurry screenshots, so take this with a giant yeah. ball of salt uh, that we may have seen the redesign of Sonic the Hedgehog. Looks a lot better if this he is real. He looks really good. So I think they did a great job. Maybe Potentially. If this Allegedly. is real, it, it looks a lot better. Let me tell you, if but you I wanted still a Sonic, can't get behind Jim Carrey. I just I can't. liked him. I liked him. If you if you you just don't love Jim no, Carrey. No, no, no. I'm like that. What you are with Adam Sandler. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I'm. I mean, don't get me wrong. So am I. Jim Carrey's movies stop being funny after Liar Liar. But when he went to like, I didn't love Rocket Man. I didn't love when he went to Thrillers, like the number twenty. Yeah, I would say Yes Man shit. might have been the last one. I, I hated Yes Man, and I hated Bruce Almighty. So I kind of liked it. So like, there that is a cutoff for me it. for Jim Carrey yeah. films. But I look at Jim Carrey just like I look at Adam Sandler. The movies that I love, the Ace Ventura movies and stuff, I still love to this day. Liar, liar! I probably quote three times a week and, and don't even. Honestly, know. the only one I think I go back and be like, I like The Mask. 
I'm just over Liar The Liar. Mask I'm, was I'm great. Over Ace. I've seen him so many times. It's a movie. It's like I think I hit my peak. Do you know Jim Carrey actually? Uh, kind of reminds me of like Kevin Smith film. Just like ugh, I'm over it. Jim Carrey. Um, at one point, I had nightmares, nightmares over Jim Carrey when I was a kid. Petrified to even look at him. Wow. For that scene in Cable Guy when he's got the green eyes oh, yeah, and he knocks yeah, on the door, yeah. still gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that's it. That's funny because um, that's that scene fucks with me because that movie is weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's like a oh, comedy thriller action psychological piece of shit weird, and it sucks all at the same time. And Jack Black's in it, uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, I'm cool with him playing Doctor Robotnik, but if if this is the Sonic that we get, it's very close to like how you would think yeah. 2D Sonic from 100%. the original games looks. Um, it does look like some of his 3D models from the, the, the uh, 2010-ish range, like Colors and Unleashed and stuff. So he does look pretty good. I'm happy with it. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris joins the Matrix 4 in an undisclosed role. We don't know much about it, so there's not a ton to talk about here. But NPH is one of my faves, okay. so I'm just down to watch uh, it. Now we're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, Neil Patrick Harris. Are you just not a Neil Patrick Harris guy? No, I am. I'm just kind of like, uh, all right, kind of between How I Met Your Mother and... The Howard and the Kumars. Ten years I ago. Yeah, I hear you, but I'm still like, I, I got enough of Neil for a little while. Go, you know, go do your magician show. I'll be good. You know what NPH was really good in that he gets no credit for? He does play a very, very minor role, but very good in Gone Girl. Never saw it. With Ben Affleck. I know the movie. Just yeah, never saw it. Really? I, actually, first of all, I really like that movie. Really? Uh, secondly, I just he plays a really good role. I heard too much about it. I'm like, eh. I'm good. <laughs> it does. It it will throw you for some loops. I, I bet you there. As we go into our box office in the top ten, Rambo fell off, Lion King fell off, Good Boys fell off. So all these movies that have been hanging on are off the list. Number ten falling all the way from number seven, but hanging on at one point eight million is Ad Astra. Number nine, new to the list, flopping completely at three point one million dollars is Jexy, uh, where a man falls in love with his phone. Talk about. A ripoff of her. Of her. Yep. yep. Which was zero interest. A decent movie. And I don't even and want to Scarlett watch that. Scarlett Johansson carried that movie, by the way. She played a computer, but that's okay. Uh, number eight falling from number five at three point one million is it chapter two. Number seven falling from number six at three point two million dollars is Judy. Still have no idea a month in what the hell that movie is. Number six falling from number four, three point eight after making a big comeback over the past couple weeks is Hustlers. Number five falling from number three at eight point or four point eight million dollars is Downton Abbey. Number four falling from number two at six million is Abominable. Number three, new to the list, is Gemini Man at twenty point five million. I didn't hear good things. Uh, Samesies. Yeah. Uh, number guy said two. Skip it, like Redbox. I was like, dang. I'm almost positive I have the review. You and forgot to put it in the notes. Either that or we did Not, it last yeah, we did week. Last week. We did last week. Okay. Number new, Oh, yeah, because we did this one too. Number two, new to the list at 30.3 million. A nice little uh, little debut there domestically for the Adams family. And number one, staying at number one at $55.8 million domestic is Joker. So it did more than Adams family and Gemini Man combined. Yep. And I read headline after headline Gemini Man is beaten by Joker. I'm yep. like, motherfucker, Adam's family beat yep. Gemini, man. Yeah. Who are you kidding? Yeah. Let's give a little credit where it's credit's due to this cute little animated movie yeah. that we said wasn't really we'll, looking we'll good. Well, couldn't get that one. That's he a shame. He couldn't beat the Adam's family, which haven't been relevant since the 90s. Yeah. yeah. You got young Will Smith battling old Will Smith, and it wasn't good enough to take down a shitty looking reboot of a, well, a decent, decent movie. Uh, coming soon to theaters this week, uh, we have. 
If you like anime, One Piece Stampede, October 24th. The 25th is Countdown, The Current War, Director's Cut, Paradise Hills, Black and Blue, House Full 4, Portals, and Girl on the Third Floor. Wow. Yeah. Well, Joker, mm. go for three, baby. Go it's, for going, it's going. Well, yeah, it's going for three. I think November 1, a month into the theatrical run when Terminator drops. Oh, it, it should get killed. It should take that role. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Joker's going to be number three for a third straight week as we transition to the television section. Sam, what did you think of episode six of Titan season two named Connor? Yeah, basically the whole, Superboy, right? the whole episode was Superboy, kind of how you see him after that. You see, break out of his container. And the end credit scene of season one. Exactly. And it kind of, then at the very end pace of what pays at the end of the episode before that, there's Jason Todd gets thrown out a window. And, you know, just kind of him and Crypto. At the very end, Crypto gets taken away. Pissed. But it was cool. He, he There was actually a cool way of scene between Crypto and uh, Connor when uh, these guys are coming for him. Crypto basically bites this rocket and, like, flips it around. I was dying. I, I thought it was great. But I thought it was a cool episode. Give you some backstory of Connor. And just basically how it ends him meeting the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see episode seven's titled Bruce Wayne. So I imagine it's going to veer off of what's about to happen a little bit. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm really loving this season. I, I Titans, I really feel like, has finally found their footing. And just hope it continues and they can actually stick the landing. A lot of reviews for Titan season two so far have been like, good but waiting, good but waiting. And I think they finally found it, like you said, with this episode. Overall, Connor is a solid episode of superhero TV. It manages to deliver a cohesive origin story and a likable lead character. Were this episode a pilot for an ongoing Superboy spinoff like Doom Patrol, it would make a strong case for that series. But as an extension of an ongoing Season 2 narrative, Connor isn't quite so successful. The one key question this episode doesn't answer is why Titans needs to add Superboy to an already crowded cast. Oh, that's a good point. 8-0? No, no it, 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 the cast is growing. It just Even the actors said, like, how are they going to be able to push each other's story of, and be able to give each other enough time to actually tell that story? So, yeah. hey, interested to see what they can do. After an underwhelming premiere for the series, Batman, or I'm sorry, Batwoman episode two is back. Batwoman's second episode doesn't do much to address the flaws and concerns of the premiere. This is still a show that dabbles in too many familiar Arrowverse and Nolanverse tropes. Ruby Rose's Batwoman herself remains a compelling lead character, but the bland supporting cast and forgettable conflict suggest the series needs to leap forward rather than lingering in the past. 6-2. 6-3. What the yeah, fuck? Was- um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Just kind of a like a blah series. I don't think they found their footing yet. I don't think they really know what they want to do yet. And just wait and see what, what happens when it flushes out. Yeah, I this is a movie's story, and I understand that. However, I put it in TV because of Batwoman. Um, because we now have... Oh, wait, no. This is Batwoman. This is Catwoman is in Batwoman, right? You were right the first time. Yeah, I was right the first time. I put in Batwoman, but it's actually for the Batman, Matt Reeves' Batman. Um, so I do apologize about that. But we do have our Catwoman in um, Matt Reeves' Batman yes. film, the Batman film. And that's going to be Zoe Kravitz. Which is uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. And I think it's actually a great casting. I, I know she's been in, I think she's like the last X-Men movie. 
She was she was she was in a few a few things, nothing too crazy, but I think she can pull off Catwoman. I'm really excited for this Sticking film. Sticking in the CW crossover universe after we get past the Batman story there. Sorry about that again. Tom Ellis may be joining the super giant awesome CW crossover. Well, if you know Tom Ellis, he's the star of that show Lucifer. He is Lucifer. He is he's a star. Um I, I think he's actually brilliant, and if he does kind of, sh- even if it's for a quick one-second little crossover, in sold. Yeah, he was apparently and allegedly and reportedly spotted on set but it, it, in a Lucifer getup. But it's cool because I know he's on. They're on Netflix, but they film film also mm-hmm. in Toronto, so it makes sense that they they're all together. Yeah, Ashley actually loves Lucifer. Yeah, it's, her a, mom it, does it's, too. A, it's fucking fantastic. I, I've never watched it with her because she'll watch it in bed and usually i just have headphones on and it's i'm watching great YouTube great cast that seems like a show i'd be down yeah i'd be down yeah, into uh my hero academia season four has premiered and we have the review for you there um this one's kind of long so strap in i do apologize how you feel about this episode as a season premiere might come down to the to your expectations if you were looking forward to an explosive dive into action then you might be disappointed but my hero academia does things carefully in it's the anime that has slowly, subtly redefined the shonen formula, and it has done this by taking time to craft its characters and by masterfully juggling its action with its drama and its humor. More than any other shonen anime, My Hero Academia is an anime for every kind of anime anime fan. This episode is a great example of this, and further proof why this is the biggest anime in the world right now. No, I know. Eight? I was going to say until you said that last line. But hey, I hear no, I hear nothing. Nico loves My Hero Academia. I hear nothing but good things. One day I will watch it. Just My Hero Academia, not of. Oh. Great show though. I loved the first season. I just, god damn, it just takes me so much to watch animated shows. I just don't know why. That's how I am, and I just never. Even though I really loved it, I just never continued it. Yeah. Remember the first time you and I watched Yu Yu in my basement in Parkwood, dude? I just fell asleep every episode, yeah. and it wasn't because I hated it. It's because it's just tough for me to watch animated yeah. shows, man. Right. I can't even watch the new season of South Park. I think it's pretty shit. Yeah. You never thought you'd hear me say that. No, because I know this you love South Park. Kind of blows this season, but again. You know, here we go into episode two of season 10, The Walking Dead. We are the end of the world. Here's a review for We Are the End of the World. Wasn't wholly bad, but the Whispers aren't the type of community that can carry an entire episode. And while it's usually referring to delve into, or I'm sorry, what's usually refreshing to delve into a character's backstory, there are others on deck who deserve the treatment more than Alpha, who's now technically on her second look back. 7 Six seven, yeah. so it's going downhill. Yeah. Did you watch this one? Yeah, I did. It's, it's the same shit. It's the same slow. Like again, nothing happens to the goddamn end. But I always was curious about Alpha. But I'm curious also how he fucking survived getting pushed down a fucking elevator shaft. But that's a fucking other story. But same shit. Walking different dead. episode. Same shit. I'm still trudging through. Can't wait till it's done. <laughs> but you'll still watch it. Instead of saying, I'm over it, I'm done, he says, let me watch every week and just pray that it gets canceled. I think that's where you're at right now. Is You would rather have this show get canceled for your pride alone. Yeah. I think you're I, I just you're like, so stubborn. I just want to be excited. I want, it, I want something to happen. So, so what can get you excited in this show? There's no more Rick. Hey, listen, Maggie's coming back. Is that a thing that can get Maybe. you excited? Maybe what, what Lauren did, Cohen what did, is great. What did she do this whole time? Maybe she maybe she kills a character I hate. Maybe brings that spark back. Something for one episode. I'll take and it. And then they'll find a way. Uh, it's like the WWE. Just when I'm out, they yep. pull me back yep. in. Uh, Will Smith is working on a fresh Prince of Bel Air spinoff. Kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I just don't like that 
Uncle Phil, James Avery's passed away. And I, if, if he was still alive and had bring the whole cast back, okay. But depending where he kind of wants to continue it. Is this a show that picks up way in the future? Or is this a spinoff that doesn't even involve the Fresh Prince and that family? Maybe another character, not Carlton, but like maybe another character that we don't recognize because we weren't huge fans or may- of the show. maybe Carlton's family or something like that. Maybe it's just a kid. different it could, it could Fresh be whole- Prince. Maybe it's just a new guy who takes the mantle. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's the Fresh Prince of Philly. It, it, it didn't like I wasn't. I didn't jump out like, oh my god, I'm so excited. But I was like, all right, let's, let's see how the this- the reason I'm I'm happy and hopeful is because at least Will Smith is attached to it. So there's going to be care put into it. It's not just going to be a thrown together spinoff for a yeah. cash grab twenty years after the fact. At least the main character is going to be heavily, at least at this point, heavily involved. So that's something to at least get excited about and get up out of bed. Did you ever watch Band of Brothers? No, but I, I excellent heard fucking I heard, series. Heard excellent things. series. The Pacific. I never watched. It's a newer yeah, uh, thing in that in that uh, world, and they're both on HBO. Um, but actually, they're bouncing. See you later, HBO. They're actually making another follow-up series in the Band of Brothers bomber Nazi world, but it's coming to Apple+. Plus. I'll miss that. But, but will you? Yeah, You're I'm not, not going to sign up for Apple+. Plus no, for I can't. I, can't, I, another I, I draw the show. line of fucking all of them. I have to draw the line. That there. makes 37 shows on Apple+. Plus. Only one that we care yeah, about. I just can't. C, which I'm still can't. psyched to see. Pardon the pun. I know that that's going to be I'll available somewhere else. Way. Like iTunes is going to have that pretty quick yeah. because it's going to be an Apple Plus. Yeah. So I imagine we're going to be able to just purchase that season um, totally legally and above the board. Yeah. And we'll watch it that way. Uh, last story in TV before we hit you in gaming is Walker has found a home on the CW, which I think we all saw coming. Well, actually, I wasn't expecting CW to pick up. A, I think Walker a, a originally Walker, on Texas USA. Ranger. Yeah. But. With Jared Padalecki being involved, and he's been in Supernatural for 15 years, if so facto, okay. that's the home is the CW. Keep, keep him on payroll, you know what I mean? <laughs> keep, keep it rolling. And I'll take it over in this huge gaming space. Prepare yourselves. The Witcher 3 is out on Switch. We got the review. The Switch port of Witcher 3 certainly isn't how I'd recommend you experience the epic fantasy masterpiece for the first time, but... It is serviceable if you're unable to play it on a PC or big, uh, big powerful console, or if you prefer your do your monster hunting away from a TV. On a full-size screen, however, it does suffer to the point where it looks more reminiscent of the 360 generation than the current one. Ooh, 7-0. Very weird that it's an eight. I, mm. I think I think they went heavy on the gameplay. Yeah. The game is still great, but you got to remember this game's also almost a decade old. So, like, no shit it plays great. It's gotten more fucking remasters and definitive editions yeah. than I could ever count. So, like, it's more Witcher. As long as it didn't, as long as it wasn't unplayable, this game was going to get a good score. Google Stadia to release November 19th. If you've ever wanted to stream your games on any platform, tablet, computer, TV, whatever, you can now do so on November 19th. All the people that have pre-ordered the Founders Edition of Stadia will get to play it. I think it's at 9 a.m. Eastern. Could be um, maybe 6 a.m. I forget the time where it will actually be able to launch. But November 19th, um, again, you're getting Cyberpunk when it launches. You're getting Mortal Kombat when it – when, when Stadia goes live on November 19th, you're going to get Mortal Kombat 11. You're going to get uh, Red Dead 2. So if you haven't played those games yet and you're looking for that experience to play it on whatever device – Stadia, again, not for us. I'm not going to stream my games and let my internet 
dictate whether I can play a video game or not. That's not how I roll when I own all the consoles. And I don't think that's necessarily how you want to roll and play your games either. But hey, listen, there are people out there. They're going to get this. They're going to want it. They're going to love it. So for you folks... Have a great time. I'm a console yeah, man. We, we wish you luck. Uh, in the music section, just one quick, and we're already way above time, so I, I just want to make it quick. Last week, um, I had, there was a story, Miniature Tigers, Vampires in the Daylight was coming out. And uh, I said that Manic Upswings, its first single was a banging single. And I wish that wasn't the only really good song. Oh. Miniature Tigers, one of my favorite bands of all time, has now missed in my opinion, on its last two records. Um, I haven't loved anything they've done since Cruel Runnings in 2014 or 15. Uh, still one of my favorite bands. Still an unbelievable live experience. If you love to dance and have a good time, check out Mini Tigers Live. But I, I just don't love this record. It doesn't speak to me. and It's not what Miniature Tigers is all about. I understand the lead singer Charlie Brand came out and said where his head was at. With writer's block and a bunch of other, you know, mitigating factors that can happen to people in their twenties and thirties, um, and this is where he, this is the music he wants to make, and I do appreciate and respect that. This is a a, a, a like record a where Manic Upswings is already its own single on Spotify, so instead of just going to the record and hitting that song and listening to it, I'm just going to stick to the single because this is a record I don't see me going back to. I just don't. I just didn't love it, and that's a, that's a shame. But what do you think of Blood Wolf from Dance Gavin Dance? Oh, I, I think we, we said the same exact thing. Like, yep. We like it. Like it. It wasn't banging. It wasn't horrible. And it was perfect. Perfectly acceptable. Perfectly mediocre. Yeah. For, from a dance, Gavin, dance and perspective. And for me, you know me where, where, we, where I stand. First time listens. I'm usually not a fan. But surprisingly, I only listened to it one time. And I was like, huh. Yeah. I kind of little, like little poppy. Yeah. little catchy. I'm a big John Wall fan. I love the Screamer. I think it's yeah. John Wall. I forget. I thought. I think I remember you thinking like, I wish there was a little bit more screaming. Wish there was a little more screaming uh, in this one. Uh, I wish it was a little less poppy. As a matter of fact, yeah. um, I love Dance Gavin Dance. They're one of my favorite bands of this generation. Um, they're working their way up into my all-time list somewhere in the twenties. But uh, I, I just I thought the song was really good. I don't. I wouldn't say it's I'm, as good as like let's say Summertime Gladness. I won't even say it's as good as Headhunter, which was a single that came out earlier this year. Um, but listen, anytime we get new Dance Gavin Dance, yeah, I'm say, here just, for it. I just, let me know when the CD's coming out. I'll be there. You know, you know, Tillian's going to deliver his vocals. Yep. You know, John's going to scream really well. You yep. know, Will Swan's going to tear it up on the guitar. So, like those three factors, plus Matt on drums and uh, Tim on bass. I, I love the what they got going on. They're a great band. They don't really have a bad song. This just wasn't my favorite. Yep. Great, but still pretty good. We talked about Robert Forster already, and the other only story we have in the other section. Super quick hit month or two ago i think 16 weeks or so maybe so like two months three months 16 months is four months so i don't think it was that long ago but uh or 16 weeks is four months eric bischoff and um paul Heyman took over as executive directors on both raw and smackdown rolling right to vince mcmahon to where they were directing the creative of those shows eric bischoff is already out so gone from Friday Night SmackDown Jeez. on Fox, replaced by Bruce Pritchard, who's been in wrestling for 40-plus years, years yeah. has his own podcast, um, really good podcast, matter of fact. I like Bruce Pritchard. It's strange to me why Heyman, why Heyman didn't go to the Fox product. Fox is a huge audience, potentially, because it's not uh, premium cable or, or paid cable. It's on basic cable, so they can have a really big reach there, and I like what Heyman's done. But the last couple weeks of Raw have been pretty bad, and this draft was completely fucking bungled. They it sucked balls 
for some reason, Seth Rollins burnt down the Firefly Funhouse last night. Like the thing that's not supposed to be a real place, he found it and then put it and burnt it down. And now the Fiend is going to rematch him at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, but they're on different brands now. The Fiend was on SmackDown, Seth's on Raw. What are you doing? I don't understand your direction. I don't get it. Um, The whole draft sucked. Oh, and by the way, when WWE came out with an article that said the draft pools are out and on night one, these are the available superstars. On night two, these are the available superstars. You forgot that when you released that, you copied and pasted from your hmm Excel doc with the results. Uh, they were in order. Uh, they ended up putting it in order and didn't realize it for like two aces. hours in the roll. So we could predict the draft picks because so WWE it took forgot. all the fun out of it. It was by yeah. the time the time they caught onto it, Twitter had already known for hours. And they already ripped them off. So it was just fucking hilarious Damn, to watch that. that. But yeah, the the past couple weeks of WWE, since the Fiend debacle at Hell in a Cell, they really haven't done much to to, to help themselves. Uh, two bad SmackDowns and two bad Raws. And I can Ouch. safely say... Or one bad SmackDown and two bad Raws. I can safely say that this product is... Is uh, totally not watchable. It's totally okay to skip right now. Fast forward to when The Fiend does his own thing. I'd like to see what they do in the fu- on The Funhouse. Maybe they'll rebuild it for SmackDown and make it all nice. But again, it's not supposed to be like a real place. It's supposed yeah. to be like a figment of Bray's imagination. So I'm, I'm just perplexed and I'm excited for Wednesday Night Dynamite AEW in Philly Wednesday night Darby Allen Chris Jericho for the title we're recording this on Tuesday so we have no idea what happened we assume Chris Jericho won but hopefully Darby's on no CGC spotlight this week so let's fast forward right to our pick yeah. of the week I mean it was either this or CW shows because that's all I watched El Camino short and sweet if you if you watch Breaking Bad do yourself a favor take two hours watch this I do not think you'll be disappointed. I think it should check all the boxes you need to be checked. And you'll get to see what happened to Jesse. Enjoy El Camino on Netflix. Two weeks in a row, he goes chalk. Last week, Joker. This week, El Camino. That's all I did. Uh, my pick of the week. It's, it's my pick of the week. Go to work. That's all I did. Go to work. <laughs> I worked and I watched El Camino. pick of the That's week was to make money. Uh, my pick of the week. Just dropped yesterday. For us, that's Monday. For you, it's five days ago. Um, so I'm probably already done it by the time you have heard this. But the six episode season seven of Letterkenny. Yeah, it's I've back, it baby. It's back. Um, Ashley and I watched the first episode. And it's just more fucking Letterkenny. And that's such a good thing. I was cracking up. Uh, it's the type of show that when it's... It's almost kind of like live action South Park for a couple years there where I laughed out loud very heavily at like five spots and the other five spots I'm like let's fucking go here. That's kind of what Letterkenny is to me. It's like I hate the skids so much that when they're on the screen I just want to fast forward. But Squirrely Dan's the best. Wayne's the best character. Um, I just feel like if I watch that show like I got to be like impaired. I have to be drunk. Every time I looked at it I was like that's just so stupid. It, I, it just like probably how Rick and Morty was for you. Even though I yet to start. You it, miss for you. This yeah. show missed for me. Yeah, it's I completely love it. missed. I just think it's so funny. Hey, I'm, I'm glad I get a lot of love on Twitter. Oh, I also love Canada and the culture up there. I also love. I'm hockey. to say I hate Canada. I also love hockey. No, not it's not me versus you. I'm oh, just saying no. like the the casual viewer. I also love hockey. So like the little hockey subtle references in there. Like if I said, "Yo, you want to chill?" It means do you want to play NHL? Like they say that all the time, and it's like an expectation that you know what that like means. Stupid humor to and me. so, like, 
you kind of you kind of got to know the lingo a little bit. So I love that, and plus I love like the fast talking, quick wits. Love that, super fucking funny. Um, all right. Anyway, that was episode one fifty. What six? Yep. So Sam's gonna be in Baltimore, but we'll be back next week because we're assholes and we don't skip a week. So we'll see you next week for episode one fifty seven. And if you guys are there at Baltimore Comic Con, you see me seventeenth through the twentieth. Don't be shy. Come say hi. <laughs>